Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Curry finds Kaminga, hands off back to Curry, left sideline, Curry stops on a dive, backs up into a three, got it over Bogdanovich, Curry! Curry now with 20 points, it's 107-103, timeout Pistons, with a minute four left in the game. Well, that is Tim Roy on the call, and this is Warriors wrap-up here on 95-7. The game as uh, the Warriors tonight saw their lives flash before their eyes, and it just doesn't seem like the Warriors are able to pick up a win without taking a loss. And what I mean by that is even though they defeat the Detroit Tigers, um, even though they defeat probably the Detroit Pistons, excuse me, we're, we're live here at, uh, at Dumpling time. There's a couple of people coming up and... Uh, Wanted to chat after the game, and I certainly appreciate it. But we are up and going here on 95.7 The Game on Warriors Wrap-Up. Appreciate everyone uh, tuning in here. 888-957-9570 is the number as we get ourselves settled here. And uh, look, I mean, this was, this was a game tonight that the Golden State Warriors absolutely needed to win. It was a game in which they did win, 113-109 to here at Chase Center against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but it's also a game in which they, they lost their backup point guard in Chris Paul, who just moments ago was, um, we received the news from Steve Kerr that Chris Paul, who went down with a hand injury, a left hand injury in the third quarter, it is a fractured hand and he is gonna have surgery next week. So look, I mean, the Golden State Warriors got a win. I'm not going to go ahead and say that was a good win. Uh, that might be the ugliest win of their season so far, and I think that they would tell you that. But it's also one that was absolutely necessary. And they escaped with the victory tonight against the Detroit Pistons. They led by 11 with 7 minutes and 33 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Pistons rallied back, ended up actually taking a lead on a Bogdan Bogdanovich three-pointer with you know, roughly a minute and 41 seconds left and then Curry uh, along with Klay Thompson closed that game and that was uh, that was pretty much the way the Warriors were able to walk out of this this game with a win because it, it came down to Curry scoring 14 of the 16 final points Klay Thompson with a couple of big defensive stops down the stretch including on Bogdanovich uh, but the Warriors in their fourth quarter struggles continued from a night ago and look it's a back-to-back the Warriors, uh, after a, a, a gut-wrenching loss last night to Denver, needed to get back up off the canvas, and you know technically they did get into the win column. Uh, but I'm curious what, what people thought about this game, the, the feeling that you're left with after a win. Because we, we talk about a lot the fact that the Warriors throughout this season have had encouraging victories. You know, point to the first game in Denver. You point to, obviously, the Christmas Day game at Denver. And... 
a couple of long the way during that time. Tonight did not feel like an encouraging win, especially when you also receive the news that Chris Paul is going to miss an extended period of time with a broken hand. But there were some highlights. Obviously, the Splash Brothers closing out this game for the Warriors. Jonathan Kaminga played a very good first half, especially in light of the comments that were reported earlier today from The Athletic about Jonathan Kaminga losing faith in Steve Kerr. He receives a game-high 36 minutes and ends up being a plus 18 in this game, or plus 16. So clearly Kerr did have some faith to stick with Kaminga, especially through a second half in which he didn't score and had three turnovers in 19 second half minutes. So I don't know if that was a response from Steve Kerr trying to show Kaminga that he has faith in him. He talked about a pregame, which we can get into as well. Uh, but that was tonight the most minutes that Jonathan Kaminga has played since November 21st and 2022, in which he played 39 minutes against the New Orleans Pelicans in a 45-point loss. So Kaminga got ample runs today. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are wondering where Moses Moody's been the last three games. And about midway through the third quarter, it looked like Moody was going to receive his fourth DNP, especially when Corey Joseph came into the game before Moody. Uh, but Moody gets in around the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter. He ends up providing some, some impact for the Warriors. Didn't play particularly well, but I, I can't necessarily fault him for that. The guy hasn't seen the floor in three games and didn't have it to go. Honestly, the Warriors didn't really have it tonight for most of the night, and Curry bailed them out with a few daggers down the stretch. Clay Thompson had a couple of good defensive plays. Uh, I thought Trace Jackson Davis, maybe an underlying bright spot for the Warriors tonight, a rebound away from a double-double, which would have been his fourth of his career on his young season. Um, you know, but 888-957-9570 is the number. I do want to hear from you and what the Warriors what their performance saw tonight. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud, man. You, you caught the mistake. Uh, appreciate you, bud, man, up there on YouTube, powered by First North Cal Credit Union. Yeah, it is the Detroit Pistons that the Warriors played tonight, not the Tigers. And uh, we are live here at Dumpling Time outside of Thrive City here at Chase Center. And it, it, it is bustling, I'll tell you that right now, um, and evidently distracting. So I appreciate you taking, a <laughs> taking me to the woodshed for that. Um, look, I, I, I think this is a game that, to me, stands out in a couple of ways. It's not one that's necessarily glamorous by any means. Uh, the Warriors could have very, may well, lost this basketball game. And then we'd be sitting here wondering, what the hell is this season coming to? I mean, you got about a month until the trade deadline, February 6th. There's been reports out there that Pascal Siakam's been linked to the Golden State Warriors after being linked to the Sacramento Kings. They're out on him earlier today. Um, Kerr and his rotations have been criticized, I think, sometimes unfairly, sometimes fairly. Uh, tonight, there was a lot of people wondering what Corey Joseph was doing in the game. I think that was a response to Chris Paul and his injury. And I, I think we learned a couple of things tonight and continuing along the lines of, of Steve Kerr and what exactly um, and he's trying to accomplish this season. He has such a difficult job to do, and it seems to get tougher and tougher, especially with someone like Chris Paul going down, that sometimes I, I, I'm not sure. And I heard pregame him talking about the fact that last night, Jonathan Kaminga, when he looked at the box score, he didn't realize that he'd only played 18 minutes because of the flow of the game. And you say, well, how can your head coach not know when a player has gotten in for a certain amount of time? Well, because I don't think Kaminga at this point, or at least last night, was a priority. Tonight, I think he gave him good run because 
by process of elimination, Kaminga was probably the Warriors' best player in the first half. And he was very good. Uh, defensively, I thought he moved the ball well. I think that he was able to get to the basket against a Pistons team that he should. Um, the Warriors also do remain undefeated this season when Kaminga plays 30 minutes or more. They're 3-0 this year for whatever you take away from that. Uh, and I also thought it was very telling that Kerr let J.K. roll in the second half despite being scoreless and also turning the ball over a couple times. So to me, that also points to, again, Kaminga was plus 16 in this game. I think he was plus 12 in the first half. So he was their best player to me in the first half. Second half, I thought he was able to provide impact in different ways outside of scoring. And I think that's also a reason why we saw Kerr stick with him. In addition to, and this is really the, the root of not my issue, but I think my concern with the treatment or the consideration of, of the wings. Steve Kerr has tried to play very seldom Kaminga and Wiggins together. Tonight in the first quarter, I think they were on the floor together for one minute. And then I tracked them in the second quarter when they got their most extended run. And they were fine. I think they ended up being a plus four together, which was certainly better than the minus 20 over 131 minutes that they had been prior to entering this game. But to me, it wasn't necessarily because of the way they meshed together. Like, they were good on the floor together because Curry picked a good spot to be to have a, at least a bright spot in the first half. He wasn't very good for the majority of the game up until the fourth quarter. And then I thought Trace Jackson Davis provided a really good punch uh, as a roller and a rim protector down the stretch of that second quarter. He was running pick and roll with Curry. He was running pick and roll with Clay. Was was getting a, a, you know lobs from from Chris Paul. Um, J.K. won on the block one on one. Andrew Wiggins went one on one. They to me were playing to take Kerr's word redundant basketball. And and I don't know if that's necessarily something that they can solve. So I think we learned a lot tonight about maybe why Kerr feels pressured to go with certain guys in certain situations. And I'm curious what the fans think at 888-957-9570. Let's get out to Petaluma and bring on Adam to Warriors wrap up on here with Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Adam? How you doing? No, we lost Adam. No, I'm here. Oh, oh, sorry. Hey, what's up, Adam? How you doing, man? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm great, man. Uh, you know, that was one of those games where it's like, uh, yeah, we should be winning this by a little bit more than just four. Um, I, and I, I think one of those things, and I'm just going to say real quick, Chris, sorry that you got your, your hand fractured. That That sucks. And I think you're pivotal to our actual hopes of, of doing anything, but that really sucks. Um, but my thing is, is I think Steve is kind of thinking too much like Clay was thinking early on, like where it's like he, he's pushing too much when it comes to like the lineups and closing lineups. He's, he's just thinking too much. And he he just needs to stick with the lineup. And I think he lightweight did that tonight, and it kind of proved like, okay, yeah, the young guys are valuable. They're, they're guys that can contribute, and you, you don't want to say he got humbled, but he kind of got humbled when Moses Moody got an absolute standing ovation tonight, which was deserved, absolutely deserved. So – it, it's it's one of those things where I I just think, yeah, it, Steve, play the young guys, play them because they're gonna help. 
Good talk. Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks, Adam. I think, look, point taken. Um, and, and to kind of dig into your to your point about Steve Kerr and the rotations, you know, I, and look, if a four-point victory against a three-win basketball team is – if, if that's what makes you feel good, I, I, I guess I, I can't help you. But to me, in a way, I, I don't really know how Steve Kerr takes this game when it comes to, you know, believing that the guys that he threw out there are going to get the job done. Like, they, be, they beat a three-win basketball team, and it took them basically all 48 minutes to do so. That, to me, is not a sign of inspiration. That, to me, is a sign of a team that's reeling and looking for answers. So I, I agree with you, Adam, that I do think Steve Kerr is overthinking a lot of this when it comes to his rotations and minutes and guys that need to play. But I think that's kind of a product of the situation that he's in. Like, the Warriors tonight were searching for answers all over the basketball court. And that is why I do think I, I wanted to see, you know, quote-unquote Mr. Stay Ready Moses Moody a little bit earlier. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that that was necessarily an inspiring performance. Like, again, I talked about it off the rip. And 888 is the number. I see people chiming in on YouTube with kind of a similar sentiment. Like, this was as close to a loss as a win can be. And the Warriors have had a lot of losses that have been closest to win. They're close to wins. That was flipped for me tonight. I mean, I thought that, look, you, if Stephen Curry doesn't close out that game, we might be talking about the fourth victory of the season for the Detroit Pistons. like that, And I don't think that's on Steve Kerr. Now, if you think Moses Moody would have changed the outcome of the game if he had played earlier, I mean, I, I'll try to meet you halfway. But to me, I'm looking up and down the lineup. Chris Paul's injury certainly doesn't help. But I'm looking at, okay, so you know, Chris Paul started this game, and it, it was fine. Curry wasn't very good in the first half. He, he only made one three. He made his last three threes in the fourth quarter. You know, Klay Thompson was two of nine in the first half offensively. Their best offensive player in the first half was Dario Saric. And it, God love him. But Saric, to me, if if Saric is shouldering your the load offensively for your basketball team, you got problems. Like, Saric should be an addition. He should be the, the gravy on top of the dish. He should be... You know, the roses that you sprinkle on top of a nice bed. Like, he shouldn't be the guy that's the driving force of your offense, especially against a team that has been absolutely horrific defensively this season. Um, and, then, and then to compound that again, you know, I, I was glad that, Mo, that Moody got the ovation that he did. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm very happy that he got into the game, and I think he's deserved to get into the games for, for some time now, especially after GP2 goes down. But what I think we learned about the substitution for Moody, and, and I, I don't know if it was spurred because of the Moody chants that were ringing loud throughout Chase Center. I mean, they, they were palpable. Kerr definitely heard him. But I think when Kerr subbed in Moody for Pajemski, we learned a little bit about how Kerr views Moody, and that to me is as a two. And I don't have a problem with that. I think Moses Moody is probably closer to a two than a three. He gives you a lot of length. He, he was someone you could throw at Cunningham. Well, it was giving it to everyone in the fourth quarter. Kate Cunningham, by the way, was 5 of 5 in the fourth quarter, had half of his 30 points in the final frame. Um, he was very good down the stretch of that basketball game. But, you know, to me, I think it more points to, and, and, and even it's a reflection of, of Pajemski a little bit. 
I would like to see Pajemski take more, especially now that Paul's going to be missing time. I would like to see Pajemski take more of a point guard first type role off the bench. And I don't know if Kerr is ready for him to handle those duties, which is why we have saw Corey Joseph for nine minutes tonight, who, by the way, was a plus three for whatever you believe in that. And I do think we're going to continue to see Corey Joseph until Pajemski either proves that he can handle those one duties or Kerr lets him handle those one duties. So, again, I, I thought we saw Kerr try to play Wiggins and Kaminga together. I, I didn't think they performed particularly well in the second quarter. Um, I, I thought they got, you know, as far as the plus-minus goes, I thought they got bailed out a little bit by how good Paul, Steph, and Clay were playing with TJD. Like, to me, that was TJD's time in the first half, and I thought he played really well. Um, and then in the second half, you know, he just he couldn't go back to him. And you also saw that Moses Moody is viewed behind, I think, Clay. And then to me, Pajemski right now is more of a two to Steve Kerr. So if you agree with that, you know, I, that, that's kind of where, where I'm seeing things. Uh, if you disagree as well, I'd love to hear from you at 888-957-9570. Let's get out to the city where uh, Telmo's hanging out. What's up, Telmo? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan Giddings. You're on 95.7 The Game. Uh, no Telmo? Going once? No, I'm here. Oh, sorry, Telmo. There you are. What's up, What's up, man? How we doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's the second time you've done that. <laughs> I'm good. How's it going? So, you know, this, this whole thing, and, and it's really frustrating because to watch, especially uh, on Twitter, which we all know is pretty much the most vile place on the universe, but to watch Warriors Twitter turn, turn on Steve Kerr like what he did two seasons ago with that roster winning a championship was an absolute master class. And then to come in and say that, you know, he, he doesn't know anything about basketball or, or he's a terrible coach is, is just completely unfair. Because what we saw from Kaminga in the second half, and to your point, you were mentioning Kaminga was probably the best player um, in the first half, and then I think you came back around to it. In the first half, the best player was Dario Saric, and you're right, he did bail out the team when everybody else was, was stone cold today. But what we saw from Kaminga in the second half when he got those extended minutes was that he had turnovers and he had bad, bad, bad possessions on defense and that he just didn't do what he thinks in his head he brings to the table or what he can do. So I, I think it's unfair for people to, uh, to, you know, turn on a coach that's been phenomenal with the franchise for so long, um, that's done great things for a guy that is 21 years old and, and, to be completely honest, hasn't even really proven himself on a consistent basis um, beyond the fact that, yes, he is incredibly physically talented, He's dynamic, and he has the ability to create um, big plays offensively. Uh, nobody's denying that, but in terms of um, but in terms of overall game decision making, moving the ball, the ball gets stuck in his hands. He had he has plays uh, a de less than stellar defense. He's not great on the foul line. He has bad turnovers at times, and I think that's what a coach like Court looks for in the fourth quarter in situations. And I don't know that him in the game yesterday uh, against that Nuggets team who was better than the team tonight um, would have changed the outcome based on his performance in the second half tonight. 
No, good, good call, Telmo. And I, I think the, the 510 is kind of with you on the Comcast Business text line. Kaminga, 36 minutes, only 11.6 rebounds against the worst team ever, <laughs> say, in the league. We don't know about ever yet, uh, although they certainly are on a historic pace. Uh, shows that Kaminga isn't the guy that everyone says needs to play to win games. Like I, I don't know if Kaminga's at the point where I'm going to come out and say he needs to play for the Warriors to win, but he absolutely needs to play to develop. And Telmo, I, I hear you, and I'm like I, I'm with you. I think what what I learned tonight about Kaminga is that he's like a lot of other 21 year old players. He's going to be up, he's going to be down, but at the end of the day, he did have a pretty palpable impact on this game um, in the first half when the Warriors needed him to. I mean, the Warriors came out and I think missed their first five or six threes. Kaminga was a part of that. But when you're not hitting shots, you do need a guy that can get downhill, and you need someone that can apply pressure to the rim and get an easy look at the basket. And Kaminga didn't necessarily do that in the second half, and he, <laughs> in his own words, got the ball to his OGs. But I don't think that that is a skill set that the Warriors have much of right now because Andrew Wiggins has not been that guy for the entirety of the season. And to me, the best you know, kind of interior presence that the Warriors have, and it's someone that needs a, to have a play created for him, is probably Trace Jackson Davis. Like, Trace Jackson Davis is the guy I see finishing the most around the rim in addition to Kaminga, and Curry can only do so much. So, for me, I, I, I hear you. I, I don't think Kaminga is at the point where, you know, and I was a little disappointed to hear the comments leaking from his camp. Again, today, uh, it was reported from The Athletic that Kaminga has lost faith in Kerr. That was from his camp. We still, don't, we still haven't heard from Kaminga himself if those comments ring true. Uh, we did hear from Steve Kerr before the game that Kaminga and he both had a chat. They wanted to keep it behind closed doors, uh, but essentially they wanted to avoid distractions. And I don't know if this game necessarily calmed those concerns, but I think Kerr playing 36, playing Kaminga 36 minutes was intended to send a message. And look, we'll, we'll see on, on Sunday. You got a Toronto Raptors team coming in that's got some decent wings. Uh, that just traded one of them off and has one that's on the trading block in Siakam. But we'll see if Kerr plays Kaminga more than 30 minutes in that game or if Kaminga deserves to play 30 more minutes in that game. I think, it, to me, what the Warriors are coming to ahead of is Andrew Wiggins or Jonathan Kaminga. And I don't know about you out there, but I think the choice is very clear to me. And it's it's got to be the youngster. It's got to be Kaminga. And it's not just because he's younger and he's got a higher upside. It's because he's playing better. And when they're on the floor together, it is, it is apparent to me that one is ahead of the other. And I don't know if that's going to change by the end of the season. And in a way, having Wiggins around um, and available, and Kerr didn't close with him tonight. He only played 19 minutes. But I think it just it, it is too tempting like it was last night against Denver, for Kerr to stick with him if he's playing well because he is inclined to trust him because at the end of the day, Wiggins is a champion. And he has proved in past years that he can be a contributing player. So I, I, I think Kerr's in a position where he's got a lot of tough choices. And I'm looking at the front office if we're looking at a way to kind of make those decisions clear, to make them easier. So... 
I, I think there's a lot of tough choices coming up for the Golden State Warriors, and, and, and I do want to get into on the other side as we kind of step towards our first break here on, on Warriors wrap-up. I do want to get into the impact of the Chris Paul injury because I do think that is huge, and that is going to impact a lot of what the Warriors can do both in games in the regular season but also potentially at the deadline. And... <laughs> And I also think, hey, shout out to Curry900 in the YouTube chat. I just shaved my beard, bro. Yeah. Tune in Tune in next time. I'll have it back. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and I also want to hear from Curry on the other side because I, I'm very curious to, to kind of feel the tone out of this game. To me, the tone of a 113-109 victory against a team that had been on pace and is still on pace to be the worst team in NBA history is not something that I'm going to write home about. It doesn't mean that the Warriors didn't get a, didn't get a much-needed win. It didn't mean that it was a necessity. The Warriors could not lose this basketball game. They should not have lost. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This basketball game. But the fact remains, they could have lost this basketball game. If Stephen Curry doesn't score 14 of, his, of the final 16 points for the Warriors, Clay Thompson doesn't come up big on the defensive end of the last two plays. This could have been a loss. And that, to me, is as much of a reality check as the loss was last night. The loss last night was terrible, and it was a collapse. It was a calamity. But tonight, while it wasn't a loss, did not remove the stench in any way. And in my mind, didn't make a whole lot of progress in removing that stench outside of the fact that you're a game below 500 right now. So let's step aside. Um, I see you online. I see uh, Junior Pacifica. I apologize. We'll get to you on the other side, I promise. Coming up next, also Steve Kerr's interview post-game. Uh, we got our extending the three-point line and our hardest worker of the game coming up and more of your calls at 888-957-9570. Also text in. I appreciate you chiming in here on Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. We're back after this. Curry, lob inside, Jackson oh. Davis converts it. Did he get that off the glass? I, I think he might have. 48-41 Warriors. Wow. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, one last segment here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Evie Giddings with you live from Thrive City here inside of Dumpling Time, right outside of Chase Center where the Golden State Warriors just survived, barely edged out the Detroit Pistons by a final score of 113-109. to 
They are a game below 500 now. Much needed win for the Warriors, and they hand the Pistons their 32nd loss. Good Lord. Um, as promised, right before the break, let's get out to the phone lines, beginning with Junior in Pacifica. What's up, Junior? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan Giddings here on 95.7 The Game. How are we doing? Evan, thank you, thank you for connecting. And three, three people I want to talk about. First is Evan. Thank you for the hard work and the, the Lord's work. You're, you're just doing the hard work during this, you know, as we come out of the holiday break and with all this attention on the Warriors and everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Um, so that's a, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Well-deserved. The neutral comment is on CP3. Like, this fan should never have been a warrior. It was, it was a dumb idea, and it's not working out. I, I have no ill will toward him. I don't want him to be injured, okay? But I, I will say silver cloud, you know, silver lining on the cloud, that him being out will help us figure out what we're doing with, with the people who are going to be with us going forward. You know, he's, he's like on the far end of everything. And again, I, I don't think he should have ever been aware in the first place, but that's just my opinion. Uh, all goodwill toward him, but let's see what happens while he's gone. And, and finally, like, I, I want to point a negative figure at someone. Everyone in Warrior Zone hated Mike Donnelly before he became GM. And I think when we look back, we're going to hate him some more for where we're at right now. He has not helped us. His moves have been dumb. He's created this horrible situation for Kerr and the OGs and the new Gs. And it's just like a traffic uh, pileup, creation mess. And he hasn't helped us. And so we got to figure out how to get out of this. And I hope to get rid of him and move forward. Thank you, man. Well, I appreciate that, uh, Junior. And I know you've been uh, you know, a, a loyal supporter here on Warriors Wrap-Up consistently since uh, myself, along with Mark Brandy, have been taken over. So uh, I appreciate you chiming in. No, I, I think... Look, it, it all comes down to what is the effects of the CP3 injury. And it was reported after the game that he has a left-hand fracture. He's going to have surgery next week, and he's expected to miss extended period of time. So that affects the Warriors from a couple of places. Whether you believe, Junior, that Chris Paul should be a Warrior in the first place or not, um, he is. And the reason has been stated because of I, – I believe – the financial flexibility that he gives the Warriors. Like, I, I think they got Chris Paul, yes, to come in and ideally help the team, but to also essentially be an expiring contract at the end of the year or a $30 million player that they could flip at the deadline. That ability to flip him at the deadline just took a large dip with his, with his injury because teams aren't going to know when he's going to come back. And he's also an expiring contract, which lessens his value also. So he's only going to be, I think, wanted by a couple of teams. Um, the bigger impact when it comes to the season, and I, I see people chiming in on YouTube on the Comcast business text line um, from the 510, Chris Paul's hand is fractured, won't be back, his trade values dropped, a lot of tough choices are now off the table. I think there's still a lot of tough choices on the table when it comes to this basketball team because Steve Kerr gave us a glimpse tonight into how I think he's going to initially approach this, and it may not be what – fans want to hear, but I do think because at the beginning of this season, if we look at the five positions, the point guard spot, Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, then Corey Joseph, I think was brought in to be the third point guard. Not that he was expected to play a whole lot, but that is what his role was going to be at the beginning of this season. Brandon Pachemski, in my mind, 
is a player that Kerr, and I think we saw tonight with Moses Moody subbing in for him at the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter, right now is viewed more as a two. What I would like to see from this Chris Paul unfortunate situation of his breaking his hand, what I would like to see is Kerr, along with the Warriors, give more of the one duties to Brandon Bajemski because I think he can do it. I think he is a player that is heady, that can control the rock. He's a little loose sometimes with the basketball, but he can push it out in transition, and I think if he is given ample opportunity to do so, can become a little bit of the, the second, unit de second unit general. I think Brandon Pachemski can evolve into a player that can take on point guard duties, and then also, if he's able to do that, gives you size at that position as well. I don't think he's the best defender yet, but he's good at help defense, so you're not giving up anything much on the defensive side except for potentially on-ball and, and, and perimeter, kind of a point-of-attack defense, but that will come. I do wonder how much Corey Joseph factors into this now with Chris Paul being out because Steve Kerr has always relied on veterans. He's obviously trying to win games, but I think Pajemski, both as far as his skill set as well as what he's proven so far, so if we're looking at Chris Paul's injury and the ramifications of it, and especially when it comes with the rotations, Brandon Bajemski has proven so far to me that he can be a winning basketball player. He has yet to prove that he can be a point guard for either a primary or a secondary unit. That is what I would like to see Steve Kerr give him the opportunity to do so in light of CP3 going down because I think that would also make it easier if you had to trade Chris Paul or if you have to move off of him at the end of the offseason, which I think are both probable outcomes, that for the future, you're not worried about the guy behind Steph. And what has Curry always been kind of missing? He's been missing a backup point guard. So I think Pajemski could evolve into that. And this, while it's not ideal, I do think Chris Paul is a, a positive player and he helps this team win games. This is a great opportunity for Paz to show that he can grow as a point guard, and that's what I want to see. Um, let's get out to Frank in Stockton, if he's still there, uh, Sterling. And, uh, Frank, what's going on, man? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up in 95.7 The Game. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening to the show a lot. I've been to Warrior Games back in the day. We believe, yes. Um, and I'm just hearing things being too tough. And some media uh, hosts on 95.7 The Game been too tough on J.K., I think Steve Kerr, yes, he trusts the vets, but with the mix of young players and, 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 and vets, he needs, he needs to go according to the flow of the game sometime. He, uh, just for example, in Sacramento the last time, we had Moody, Moody playing very well and went on the bench. Even yesterday, J.K. had three-point game, a three-point uh, score, and then uh, and one, and he went to the bench. I mean, never came back in the game. So I think that he has to go with the flow of the game, and uh, I think the fans been too tough on J.K., yes. He shouldn't be going to the media a lot. Yes, that's true. But just, uh, just imagine the Boston game. He played well in the Boston game. In fact, he was one of the main players that helped Warriors win that game against the Boston. Against Boston. So I think fans have been too tough on him. I think he's a young player. You have up and down, and you have issues sometimes. And like last night, maybe he didn't play too well. I think he did great. But again, I think, I think fans should kind of let up on on J.K. a little bit. And uh, I, I think J.K. need to grow up a little bit as well. But thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah, fair points, Frank. Uh, I, I think that Boston game you're talking about, to me, that, that's, that's Kaminga's best game uh, because of the opponent, the situation, uh, as well as the stretch of basketball in which he was playing very well. That, to me, was his best basketball game, even though he was really good in uh, the second half against Orlando. 
Um, I also hear you about the, the flow of the game, and I, I, I honestly think that's what Kerr is trying to find. But I, I would challenge anyone out there to tell me what part of this basketball game there was flow. Like t I'm talking about tonight, not yesterday against Denver. You know about the third quarter and, and the beginning of the fourth. I, I challenge anyone tonight to tell me at what point the Golden State Warriors were in a flow against the Detroit Pistons. And that is a statement I never thought that I would utter. But the fact of the matter is they won this basketball game because Curry closed things out. And he scored 14 of their last 16 points in which the Pistons had a lead with a minute and 41 seconds left in the game. They could have won this game. And this was an ugly victory that the Warriors absolutely needed, no doubt about it. But I think that flow that you're talking about, Frank, is something that's been absent and the Warriors have been trying to find. So I think it's really hard to go with the flow because in a game like tonight, I don't think there was any flow, especially from the jump. I mean, the Warriors led by as many as 11, and then boom, gone. The Pistons get right back into it. So uh, speaking of, actually right before we get to um, the hardest worker of the game, I do want to remind everyone that you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGF, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app. Twitch and YouTube are powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Uh, tonight to me, I actually think the hardest worker of the game to me was Clay Thompson. And I think it's because of how this game unfolded. But Clay did not have a very good first half. He was 2 of 9 in the first half, didn't hit any of his threes. But he was resilient. And we talk about, so Kaminga didn't score in the second half. I know Clay had a better second half uh, offensively. But Clay Thompson was still a plus 13. He was a game high plus 13 in the first half. And he ended up at the tail end of this game as a plus 14. So it wasn't like he fell off a cliff. He ended up with 19 points on 18 shots. And I thought that those last two defensive stops down the stretch of the basketball game, along with what Curry did on the offensive end, were paramount for the Warriors winning this game. He ended up with two blocks, had one of them down the stretch on Bogdanovich. And to me, Clay Thompson was the hardest worker of the game, brought to you by Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. If you're looking for a career in law enforcement, learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. Well, before we get to Kerr, I know we got a, oh, look, we got a special car on the line. It is none other than Philmo Mike. Philmo, it's Friday night. What are you doing, man? You, you, got, you got places to be, places to see? What's up? No, I'm chilling, man. I'm not outside tonight, but I mean, I mean, I'm watching the game, and, and Curry's like a weirdo. He's starting to be, he's getting <laughs> weird. Like you put Moody in just because you hear the crowd yelling his name. Moody came in, he ain't played in three, four games. Of course, he missed a couple of shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he doing? As, like, is he just listening to everybody and just oh, if a play? Like, it's like he's catering to everyone's ego and not being a coach. Like, his body temperament, I ain't feeling that. I ain't feeling that his body language. And then he's like, it's like, bro, what are you doing? We had, we were up. We went in the game. Like, coach the team. Do some great out-of-bound plays. I don't know what we got to do to get Kerr back into his rhythm, but he's <laughs> definitely not in his bag. He ain't been in his bag all year. It's like, it's like he's not there. Like, oh, he's killing. He's doing good. Oh, I'm going to take him out the game. Why? Philmo, Philmo, I, I do have a like a this is a legit question. So, in the case of tonight with Moody, would you have rather see like if Moody's not going to play until ten minutes left in the fourth quarter? Would you rather just have Kerr DMP him, or were, I mean, like I, I just I just wonder what people wanted. Obviously, you want him in earlier in the game, but at that point, were you at least happy to see him to get some run? 
I, I was, I was. It's like, it's like, why? It's like this. This is what it is. It's like he didn't play the whole game. It's sort of like a metaphor for the, the last three years he's had them. You haven't played them when you should have been playing them, so that by now they're ready to contribute. You should have played them in the beginning of the game. So by the fourth quarter, he's ready to contribute, Kerr. Like, what are you doing? You're not helping them with their confidence. Going to say, I don't feel like he's trying to help me out. Of course, because you yanking him when he having a good game. But Pajinski could do whatever he wants. Come on, bro. That's not a good look, Kurt. Yeah, that look, that that's fair, Filmo. I'm, I'm with you. I appreciate the call. And it, no, honestly, I was sitting there in the fourth quarter and just trying to figure out this was before Moody came in. Because while I, I, I'm probably not as hard on Kerr as everyone else, but I, I've also, like, I do wonder just sometimes what is going on upstairs because I, I I do get the feeling and I heard it pregame that, that sometimes either he misses things or I, maybe he prioritizes the wrong things like last night I was watching the fourth quarter of the Nuggets game and like and many other people I was wondering where's Kaminga now I it, and it's, it's not a thing of like Kaminga has to play alongside Wiggins I, I'm kind of off of that but it was like where is he Tonight, it was, well, Chris Paul goes down. Well, where's Moody? Like, I, I understand the DMP if you have your set rotation, but then when Chris Paul goes down and the first player we see off the bench is Corey Joseph, I, I am wondering what the thought process is there because I, I think Corey Joseph is a, is a fine vet. He's probably a good leader behind the scenes, but I've seen nothing on the court this year that, that tells me that he's someone that can aid the Warriors um, if Pajemski slides over to the one and then Moody slots into the two. Like, yeah, I think I have a pretty decent grasp of what Kerr wants to do just from being in a lot of pre- and post-game pressers, and I, I still have trouble figuring it out. So no, I, I, think you're, I think your concerns are totally fair. Like, it does feel like sometimes, and especially in a game like tonight where there is no flow, like there is no rhythm to this basketball game, it does feel like Kerr is sometimes flying by the seat of his pants. And that was... I think kind of symbolized by the moody chance, and then three minutes later he comes into the game, and uh, and I wasn't expecting him to play necessarily well because how could you? He's been cold for three games. He hasn't played. Uh, he just calls him into the game, and I, I, I don't know. Like I, I would like to see more consistency with the rotations, but and I don't necessarily know if that equates to more consistency with this team because they've been so up and down. So uh, I do want to hear from Steve Kerr himself. Hopefully this will give us uh, some clarity, and I appreciate you, Phil Mo calling. I appreciate you staying up with us here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7 The Game. Let's hear from Steve Kerr himself about what he thought about this basketball game. Here's Kerr postgame. I feel so bad for Chris. I know he's had um, a couple of hand surgeries before I believe maybe I think it was on the other hand but um, yeah I saw him holding it and and uh, instantly was worried and um, so just got the the word after walking off the floor so I feel terrible for Chris and obviously um, guys will step up and be ready to play and uh, we'll, we'll gotta we've got to hold down the fort without him uh, Clay had two pretty large defensive yeah. plays kind of in that final minute. Just uh, take me through that sequence and just how big it was. I thought Clay was uh, was really good tonight, and and you know, especially on a night 
when he didn't shoot it well. Um, his, uh, I just loved his approach, his energy, um, his defense down the stretch. As you said, Bogdanovich looked like he had an open three, and then Clay, you know, took away the three and um, you know made made a big play there, and um, that helped seal the game. What do you think made this game so hard? Was it a hangover from last night, or what do you think? made it so difficult for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really proud of the guys. For It was a tough grind. Um, first of all, Detroit has, has played well the last couple of weeks. You know, they took Boston uh, to overtime uh, last week, took Utah to overtime the other day. Um, so they're playing way better than they were a couple of weeks ago. And with the back-to-back coming off that uh, brutal loss last night, um, that was emotionally draining. So this was a tough game, and I'm proud of the guys for, for grinding it out. Surprised at all about the uh, turnovers and the number of points you gave them off turnovers? Yeah, yeah. The, the turnovers surprised me. We've been taking great care of the ball lately. Uh, but the fatigue, I think, played a role in that. With CPR, does that, I know it's early, but usually Corey gets time when he when one of those guys isn't available or could Brandon or someone else play some point or have you started to think at all about how you deal with yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, both Brandon and and Corey will uh will, will play more uh, at the point and um so uh, probably brings uh, Moses also back into the rotation cuz you're 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 replacing 30 minutes from Chris. Um so we we won't replace all those minutes with one guy. We'll probably spread them out. And uh, but I'm excited to to get Moses back out there. I thought he was great tonight. He brought a lot of energy. Um, great to hear the fans chanting his name. You know he's a fan favorite for a reason. He 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 plays hard. And um, being out of the loop the last few games has been tough on him. But um, he always stays ready. So I'm I'm excited to get him back in there. When you brought Chris back into the starting lineup, you talked about wanting to get Steph off the ball more. And then obviously with Draymond also out for however much longer, you lose another playmaker. So I guess it's kind of following up on that last question of just how difficult is it going to be to make up for like losing all of this playmaking, really? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Chris is... Uh, you know, an all-time great, and he's fit right in to our team and um, made life so much easier on uh, not only on, on Steph, but, um, you know, he's really kind of uh, captained that second unit, which has been a real strong suit for us uh, this year. So, you know, we're going to miss him in, uh, in both lineups. Steve, J.K. was obviously frustrated with the way last night went responded tonight he was plus 16 gave you some solid minutes how did you think he, he handled what happened last night and rebounded in this game uh, i thought he played well uh tonight and um yeah he's you know he's a young guy and he wants to play and um you know i just told him everybody wants to play and and we've got a lot of guys who who can play um so every night's going to be a little different you know i think uh last night wigs finished the game um you know tonight um uh, JK did and um, I thought he did a really good job um, you know he moved the ball well he, he guarded both Cunningham and Bogdanovich and uh, he, he, uh, he played a, a good solid game that was Steve Kerr post game after the Warriors defeat the Pistons 113 to 109 I should say they survived the Pistons uh, very close game uh, also heard Pajemski after uh, talk about the reason why they won that game it was 
number 30. Uh, but a lot to unpack there from Steve Kerr. And I know we'll also get into this conversation tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. to 12. Going to be myself alongside Dan Devone on Warriors this week. So looking forward to unpacking a lot of what Kerr talked about, kind of big picture issues, as well as questions with the Warriors right now, all really stemming from the injury that Chris Paul suffered breaking his left hand or fracturing his left hand, and he's going to be forced to have surgery next week. And Kerr talked about off that question, you know, Pajemski being more on the ball. Um, that should allow more minutes for Moses Moody, I would hope. And then I, I'm, I, what I'm hoping is Moody can do what, what Kaminga, you know, kind of forced Kerr to do. And even what Moody did for a little bit of time before Gary Payton II came back and the rotation stiffened a little bit. I, I just think... What Moody and what he has done really is is stay ready. And you heard Kerr, even though he didn't make his shots, he, he provided energy off the bench. I thought he was hustling hard. Um, he didn't hurt the Warriors tonight by any means, even though he didn't score. So what he needs to do is is hopefully just keep making the most of his opportunities and to the point where you know Kaminga has solidified a spot and I think the restarting rotation that might even challenge when Draymond Green comes back. Or at least that's what I would like to see. And, you know, for those wondering about the, the potential fallout of Kaminga's comments or Kaminga's camp's comments earlier today, I think we saw Kerr not reward him, but show him that he hasn't lost faith in him by any means. Uh, last night was a bad look, and hopefully it was just an aberration. And I know there's been some mounting examples of Kerr not being willing to adjust himself, but what I will give Kerr credit for a little bit is he seems to do the things that either fans clamor for, the right things that help the team win. He just he does them a little bit too late, and, and that's that's the biggest disconnect for me. Is he's been very reactionary this season, and that not being. Out front of a lot of these choices, both in-game as well as deciding who's going to play night to night, that has hurt the team. Do I think it's the difference between being the, war the Warriors being a game below 500 and then being a top four seed? No. But if you have a couple more of these wins, then a loss like Chris Paul for an extended period of time doesn't hurt as much. It also allows you to coach a little more freely. If you have wins under your belt, you're able to trust guys a little bit more because you're not hunting wins. You're not hunting certain plays. And I don't think what a uh, caller mentioned it earlier, you're not in your own head as a coach as much. And so I, I think Kerr is just like the Warriors right now kind of searching for answers. And I, I hope they reveal themselves sooner rather than later because the trade deadline is approximately one month away. February 6th, and we're going to be discussing all the decisions that the Warriors have to make between now and then tomorrow morning. 9 a.m. to 12 is going to be Warriors this week with myself alongside Dan Devone. Um, I really appreciate everyone sticking up here on a Friday night to, to join us on 95.7 The Game for Warriors wrap-up. Again, we'll have it, have more coverage for you, an extended conversation tomorrow, but um, I'll, I'll leave you with this tonight. The Warriors did lose Chris Paul. That's a loss, but they got a win that was absolutely necessary. It wasn't a good win, but it was a win. And the Warriors have found ways to lose games in ways I thought impossible. And so from that perspective, there's a little bit of a W there. And for them to also potentially find, and I think calming the storm that was the story this morning about Kaminga, ideally that is important as well. You heard from Kerr, him talking about the communication 
I also don't think Kaminga is the type of guy that goes out and says these things publicly. I think he's the kind of guy that would, would like to you know, be on the same page behind the scenes. I think that that's who Kaminga is. I think he is a respectful young man. I think he is a hard worker. And I think he gets caught up sometimes, you know, in in the game at least, with, with trying to, to take over. But I've seen less and less this year. Like, Kaminga, I think, has played selflessly uh, more often than people have, have given him credit for. Um, and, and I would like to see him continue to flourish with the Warriors. He also mentioned after the game that you know, he appreciated the conversation with Kerr. This is per Kendra Andrews of ESPN. Said they didn't talk much about minutes, but more so about the importance of communication, understanding of expectations, and, and the trust from both sides. So hopefully that can continue. I thought that was a positive. And then I also think the Warriors being able to uh, you know, weather a, a storm that shouldn't have been because of the Pistons you know, at the very least, they, they got a W and a back-to-back, and they were able to hold on to this win. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, know I'm, I know I sound like I'm fishing here, but I, I think it's been that kind of night for the Warriors. For them to um, nearly lose to the Pistons, hopefully, is the kind of reality check that they've been looking for all season. Uh, and they got another decent team in, in Toronto coming in on Sunday. So that'll be their next game as they get a little bit of rest Coming up, Toronto was in Sacramento tonight, lost to the Kings by five, though they scored 130 points. Uh, Siakam, who's been a big been a big trade target, we'll talk about him on Warriors this week tomorrow, had a decent game with 18 points in 37 minutes. Um, could he be the difference? We'll dig into that tomorrow. But for tonight, the Warriors win 113-109. to 109. They lose their backup point guard, Chris Paul, to a hand fracture. And there are lots of, of questions still to be answered still in Golden State about the rotations, about the young guys, about the OGs. And we'll break down that all tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on Warriors this week. So big thank you to Sterling Bennett, our network coordinator, as well as uh, John Lucan, our producer behind the scenes. A big thank you to all those of you listening out there as this has been Warriors Wrap-Up. My name is Evan Getting saying so long here on 95.7 The Game. We'll talk to you next time. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t